Today on the Culture Pop Podcast, fun show with some quick thoughts about getting old. Plus, broadcast legend Michelle Beadle joins us to talk about LeBron James moving to Texas, the celebrity who acted like the biggest diva around her, and her beloved dogs. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or at stevemason.com. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey everybody, welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason and that is Sue Kalinske. And Sue, I decided this morning that I, I might be getting old. Might be getting old. <laughs> you might. I, w- I was out until 9.30 last night having dinner with Juan's uh, dad. And this morning I am just like wiped out because I was out until 9.30. Does that make me old? Um. You know, I, 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 yes and no, because I have been like that for a long time because <laughs> <laughs> I love being home. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like, I, I'll stay up late at home. Yeah. But staying out late outside the house. Yeah. It's totally different. Totally different. Yeah. But I am, am legitimately old. I got a postcard in the mail the other day. Yeah. With a picture of a nurse wheeling a wheelchair and and she's got it like her foot like one of her legs like <laughs> kicked up in the back and it's and she's got a big smile on her face right? and it's all about senior care. Oh no. So I'm starting I'm because I'm 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 going to be on Medicare soon. Yeah, sure. So I'm starting to get all this old people mail. Yeah. Well, oh, Tom it's... does so much around your house. You kind of are in assisted living. <laughs> <laughs> so am I, by the way. <laughs> no judgment. So am I. One takes care of, of everything. He actually said to me one day, "How did you ever live by yourself?" <laughs> Here's what said. I don't remember how I lived by myself. I don't, I don't remember what it was like 17 years ago when I was single. I must have been just a mess all over the place. But, you know, I, I did a lot of things when I lived by myself. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, perceive myself to be kind of a handy person. But when I moved in with Tom, he just like knows how to do everything. And, and he is kind of a micromanager. Is that- he? He really is like he'll say to me, you know, do you want to, uh, you know, chop this up or you want to, you know, you want to, you know, prepare this. And I start to do it and he just hovers. And then he's he starts. He's like, let me, let me show you how to do it. And I'm like, well, then you just do it. <laughs> I mean, I could do it my way and maybe it'll take long. He says, well, I'm yeah. just trying to help you. Yeah, I, said, yeah. I don't need any help. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing it the way you do it. I mean, you're you're like a professional chef. Right. You know, you know, he chops real fast and, and but he always has a better way of doing it. And you know what? Just I'll, do I'll, it. 
it, it takes longer for me to learn how to do it than to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I get that. I get that. Our guest today is one of my favorite people. She was most recently at ESPN as a host of Sports Nation and host of NBA Countdown. She has been a reporter for Access Hollywood, and she anchored coverage at the London Olympics in 2012 for NBC. She is back now with her new podcast, What Did I Miss? It is on The Athletic. Michelle Beadle is here. Beads, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Long time no see. <laughs> exactly. I, I did your podcast last week. I had such a, what did you think of the Super Bowl? My Rams found a way to do it. It was fun. The halftime was fun. I accidentally met Fireball again after a four year hiatus or whatever. Oh. Um, but I, like it was everything I wanted. I did not go to sleep or wake up disappointed, which is that, basically all I could ask. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I'm curious about this because I was at uh, one a couple of your big Super Bowl parties when you were living in LA. And speaking of Fireball, I believe it made appearances <laughs> at multiple parties, including the 2017 Super Bowl, which was the one where Tom Brady came from behind, and that was one of the most <laughs> difficult. Not like we needed the Fireball that night. What do you remember about that night? Just before you say anything, what's the Fireball? What's oh. What? Well, first of all, I'll say it. Don't ever have it. But it's if do you like the candy Red Hots or like any dentine or anything? So it's the liquid form of that, but with a high alcohol content. <laughs> so you, it's yes. just a, it's a whiskey, I guess. But yeah, it's um that. What I remember about that was we had I think three total Patriots fans, maybe in the house. Um, most people were anti Brady, anti Belichick, and I remember taking a group photo. And I remember waking up the next day asking what happened, who won, and then having to do a show about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember we had, there. Were, <laughs> we won't say everything, but there was a Tom Brady piñata. Yes. yes. That we never actually, I don't think, did we ever take any cracks at it or did we no. just? So there were two. Uh, there were two piñatas. Yes. And you would think one would have been killed first and it wasn't. It survived like two more years. Tom Brady did not make it through that night. Did not make it through the no. night. And I don't know who took the initial shot, but I do remember a conga line at one point of pinatas with like Keyshawn and L like it just going through the house. And I'm like, what's happening? This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an amazing party. That was an, that, I mean, that was disappointing. And we were Ugh. all crushed, except for your friend, Ali McKay, who right? was very happy with it. Uh, but it was such a deflating night to see Tom Brady come from behind. My God. Perfect. It's a perfect Brady night. It's his it's a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't oh. see that. We won't see that anymore. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, that. I know. I know. I That's be. true. I don't want to jinx it. I know he's going to come back somehow. So do before really we so? before we get they to can't help themselves. Do you really you think he'll come back? I don't know. I mean, I know there's all these like theories now and the San Francisco thing and. I just feel like it's easy to say you'll retire 10 minutes after it ends, but then you give it a few months and you see everyone start to get things back up again and the engines start uh, and you're like, oh, I kind of want to do that. You know, if you spend every minute with your family from now until that moment, you're like, well, I've spent enough time here. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now I right. go back to work, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise us. I just I wouldn't be surprised. That's so all. you were off football for a while. Yeah. Three years. So what really? brought you back? Um. It's almost like the 
the gray areas have become sort of more prevalent in my life more than the black. I lived so much in the black and white and we go, once I write something off, it's off forever. And now do I still love the NFL or the NFL owners? No, I don't. Do I still think they have, I want to say, is there a long way to go? Sure. Do I think it's actually going to ever go there? No, I think that's the point. I don't think it'll ever change until we're like two generations removed, but uh, I just, you know, I got here and everyone was watching and I sort of kind of missed the whole Sunday tradition of, being lazy and sitting on the couch and like maybe cooking something and, and hanging out all day and doing that. And then I got back into fantasy football sort of, and was like, okay, I don't hate it. And I also realized like 90% of the league is decent human beings, you yeah. know? And I was, and I was sort of punishing myself and, and for a few owners and a couple bad, bad apples. And that was it. But it was also in the middle of like, I mean, it was the Kaepernick thing that really just that threw me off. And I, and he was blackballed and he always will be. And that, and that was it. And anyone who says otherwise is, kidding themselves or doesn't care. And that's fine. So we're, we're all uh, sports fanatics. Yeah. And I know why I'm a sports fan. Why, <laughs> why, what, what made you become such oh, a fanatic? God. Wait, so you know why, like you can answer that in a sentence. I know, I know why I love sports. I have, I have uh, three older, I'm the youngest of five and my right. oldest brother was in love with Willie Mays when we were kids. He's 11 years older than me. So I was really little. That's so he was a San Francisco giant fan living in New York. Oh man. And I just, I just love Willie Mays because I love my brother. So I loved whatever he loved. Yep. And I just, you know, and I was a tomboy. So, you know, I played sports when no other girls like would have a catch <laughs> on their front lawn. You know, I had to have a catch. So I, I wore boy sneakers in, in the sixties when no girls wore boy sneakers. See, you were a trendsetter. Now it's like all we do. Exactly. So, so that's why I love sports. So what was it for you? I think, you know, I played sports growing up. I would, if I had to class, I definitely was lean more tomboy than not. Um, my friends were all dudes. Like I thought I was a dude until the day my friends went to go snap my bra on the back and I wasn't wearing one. Cause why would I have been? And it was, it was such a life change. I remember it like it was yesterday, Matt Barks and Pat McCormick ruined my life that day. Cause that's when I realized oh, I'm, I'm a girl. And so I, I think I like the competitive, I love the competitiveness. Of it. I like the trash talking. Um, I like the idea of a winner and a loser. I, I think if there's any competition in your blood at all, then sports is just a natural hobby because if you can't play it, then the next best thing is we watch people that play it at the highest of levels and that's entertaining to us. And it's, it's drama. You know, we love movies, we love TV, we love all that. Well, this is unscripted, all of it. And so it's, it's just a fun, it's weird how much it can bring people together. Like people that may not have anything else to talk about. We can sit there in a room for three hours and be best friends. I find that fascinating. Yeah. I mean, in my family, if you couldn't talk about sports, you couldn't have a conversation with anybody. <laughs> it's like my grandfather. I don't think I ever heard my grandfather say anything that was not sports related. It's awesome. Yeah. Isn't it that was great though. It's like yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's like a and universal I, and, language. And I love, you know, like I years ago, I, have, I had a girlfriend. We were at a bar and she wanted to meet this guy. Now, she knows, knew nothing about sports. Perfect. And she said to me, could you kind of like strike up a conversation? I don't know, maybe talk to him about sports or something. <laughs> kind of draw him into us and oh, then God. and then I'll take over. And I, I was I was kind of, you know, like the sports beard. You yeah, know? I, you're like the I, super wingman. I, I, exactly. So that's what I would do with my girlfriends. So. My, my, I'm the same way. My best friend, 20 plus years, knows nothing about sport. The only sport she's ever watched, and it's recent, is F1. She got into that. But other than that, she can't tell you a spur. She can't tell you anything. Nothing. And it's, you know, it's worked. It's a perfect relationship. <laughs> so Texas, you've moved to Texas. Uh, yeah. 
what was the now i so you 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 lived in la you've lived around you lived in new york for a while right yeah like 13 years that's my favorite so texas how did you i I know you're from there but what was the mindset going into that move would it shock you that it was not like a long thought out plan like this was never was never i mean so much so that I think everyone here knew I would never live in Texas again for a variety of reasons. It's just, I grew up in a small town. Um, that's not, that wasn't my cup of tea. Like I'm grateful for it. And it was a different experience, but it's just not me. Like, like I said, New York's my favorite place I've ever lived and it, and it will probably always be. Um, but there was something about, I had just sold a house, bought a house in LA and, and then I lost my oldest dog, Leroy. And I just sort of was like, I, why am I here? You know, we're, we're, we've all been locked down at that point for a, a hot minute. I didn't need to be there for work anymore. I wasn't working at all. So it was just sort of I when I came here after Leroy died just to get away, I just sort of was around and about two months into it, looked around and I thought, what am I, why don't I just live here? You know, my, my parents are here. They're getting older. My best friends are all here. It's, uh, you know, I ended up reconnecting with someone I dated 20 years ago and now we've been dating for the last many, many months. Nice. And so, yeah, it's like, it would just, it's the most unrealistic plan that I would have given myself. And somehow it is what has happened. And so here we are. I don't know where I'll I'll live next or if I'll live next, but it's kind of nice to have a home base with the people that I genuinely love and that are just my closest circle of humans. It's just easy. So you and not to mention, like you get seven times the house for what you get. No, (laughs) absolutely. There's, there's a logical part of it all. Jeez. So you, so you live in San Antonio. Yeah. Okay, so I I have a little um, quiz here, and I, oh, I want to know oh, how no. much you know about San Antonio. Oh, I'm zero. But go ahead. <laughs> zero. Wow. Zero. Ooh, I'll be sh- okay. Let me. I can actually. I'm kind of. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. So, which of the following was invented in San Antonio? Oh, Frozen margarita machine, airplane, Frito pie, Ooh. credit cards. Oh, I feel like the frozen margarita machine feels like a trick because that would be my answer. Frito pie. Frito pie is delicious. Okay. Be- because I guess Frito-Lay comes from And Texas. then we put it all together. Sanitary. Have you all had a Frito pie? It's no. Oh, you just get some Fritos and some chili and some cheese and call it a night. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's wow. a very like yeah. it's a very high school baseball concession stand delicacy. Sounds like delicious. a healthy treat. <laughs> it's very healthy. <laughs> it lives with you forever. Steve, that's probably that's a part of your new plan of getting healthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just so, one of those. <laughs> so so beads, I am trying to reboot oh. my life. So I'm starting to eat healthy and I'm starting to do yoga every day. And hey. so I started the year with this right on January the 1st. And then the Rams thing happened <laughs> and I lost control of everything. So now I'm re rebooting, re rebooting. That's, you know what? The Rams thing is, that's a whole separate, it's a, it's an asterisk. You couldn't see that coming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So you want right, to yeah, yeah, okay. do a couple more? Yeah. Let's do a couple more. All right. Which famous aviator went through flight training in San Antonio? Oh, God. Amelia okay. Earhart, Charles Lindbergh, Charles Keith, Catherine Stinson. Stinson. God. Charles Lindbergh. Oh, I was going to say Lindbergh. Lindbergh. That's what I was going to say. I oh, did the quiz. Oh, man. Really? Okay, see, I'm going to be like, wow, San Antonio is cool. I didn't even know this happened here. <laughs> I'm, okay. I've been do gone for more. 20 years. I'll do one more. Okay, okay, I'll do one more. Okay. Um, what was stored at Brooks Air Force Base until 2002? Moon rocks, rocket rocks, nuclear fuel, 
Area 51. Oh my God, I wish. Uh, moon rocks. Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I feel like that's easily movable. Actually, I don't know how big a moon rock is. I'm, I say that as if they're pebbles. They're, they're not beautiful. Yeah, I know one thing about God. It's that's hard. Yeah. No, those are tough. Know that here. I don't know anything about this place. I'm awful. So I wanted to ask you about because we're going through this right now. Uh, you've you've covered LeBron James. We cover LeBron James now. Uh, you know, he had the, all this passive aggressive stuff that came up over the weekend during All Star Weekend. What's your take on what's going on with LeBron? Like, do you think he wants out of LA? What do you uh, What do you think he's going for? Look, I will give the man credit. He is always on brand. Like, it's it's the passive aggressive, uh, not my fault routine, it, and it's it's constant. But I think I think that he and his group have you know they made some calls. They made this team. Uh, that they thought, because let's be honest, when you are told over and over again that you and everyone around you are are geniuses and everything you're doing is right. And you would think because they've built themselves, LeBron and, and Rich Paul and those guys, Mav Carter, have built an empire. I mean, they have their hands in everything, in every industry right now. So I could see how one would start to think they're infallible and everything I do is right. Well, it, it wasn't. And so putting together this Lakers team the way it is has been a, a monstrous failure. A lot of people on the outside knew that was going to happen. But for some reason in the moment that they thought that was it. Now you find yourself in a position where it is a failure. You can't get out of it uh, and you don't know who to blame. So you're going to start pointing your fingers and you're going to start saying, well, I guess I could leave. Uh, I could always go back to Cleveland. And it's just, it's a bummer because LeBron James on paper is, is one of the, the strongest, most globally known entities ever. Right. But there are times in his career like this, where he sort of resorts back to this small person, like he gets hmm. insecure about things and kind of lashes out in a way that a person who's accomplished not even a fraction as much would normally do. And it, it it's a really fascinating thing to watch because, you know, we always refer to, to Michael Jordan in times like this, and he sort of just didn't give a damn, like, whatever, if, I, if, if you don't like it, you don't like it, blah, blah, blah. And LeBron just doesn't seem to do that. It wants to always kind of make sure that he's clean and that every way what he's doing is right. And, it, and sometimes you're just going to be wrong. And wouldn't it be refreshing if he just said, oops, we effed up. Uh, yep. yep. That didn't work. We'll, we'll I wanted the Westbrook trade. Yep. Just say Stuck it. Oh them. my God. You would, you would, it would, I don't know how many people would turn to your side. Cause he's so polarizing at this point, but it would certainly be refreshing and shocking if he would do that. And I, it'd be nice to see, but it's not going to happen. Right. So so he says he's going to go to the team that his son played on. And how many years is that until his son turns pro? Is it three? I think it's like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's a minute. Like it's a minute. We could all be dead by then. I always like to throw that in there just in case. <laughs> um, yeah. Are we let me ask you, are we as excited about that as it feels like people want us to be like the idea of a man playing with his son other than like sort of the freakishness of it? Do we care? Um, I look, I, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be fascinating to see. I don't I don't know how good Bronny is going to be. I don't know if he's is he a first round draft pick? Is he a lottery right. pick? I don't know. But will somebody reach for Bronny in the draft so that they get LeBron as the bonus? Because that is box office. Um, I don't know how good the team would be and what LeBron will have left in the tank at that point, but it will I be box office. If yeah. you're if you're Orlando or if if you're Minnesota or if you can make that happen. It would definitely be box office. So that's the thing, too. So like, OK, I get it. If you're if you're a crap team, then this is a no brainer. Right. You're putting butts in the seats. It's it's crazy. It's the world to be talking about it. 
But let's say you are brawny in this particular and, and basketball is your dream, which, by the way, I have no idea. That kid may want to be an artist. I have no idea yeah. what his dream is. But let's say it's basketball, right? So now what? You have to sacrifice the first year or two of your career for this sort of circus freak show thing because your dad wants to play with you. Whereas you could have been like, I want to kick off my NBA career with a real team, but I'm stuck here because <laughs> I got to do this, whatever this is. It's just a look I, I, for the chaos of it all. I'm 100 percent rooting for it, of course, because that will be crazy to watch. And my goodness, if we think we talk about LeBron a lot now. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And Good I luck. can't imagine, too, like, you know, just, you know, his his son playing with him. It's you know, it's like going to work with it's like right. your father's your boss, basically. Yeah, I love you going Pop, to work with no. your father every day. And he's like yelling at you. And, you know, yeah, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. I, I think oh, it would be a nightmare. A night- and his dad's already when he does go to his games, he's already front and center, like, you know, star of the show that I don't know. Maybe I forgot what it's like to be a child, but I don't think I'd want that 24 seven in my life, especially when it's time to move on and, and be an adult. Mm-mm. So you went on sabbatical. Let's call yep. it sabbatical. I like that. How long uh, were you oh, radio silent? So I was not employed. Uh, it was 800 and something days. I can't remember the whatever, but it was a little over two years. It was two years. Um, yeah. And I was relatively quiet social media wise. I mean, I looked every day other than my travel that I did at the beginning. And then the, the world sort of closed down and I kind of lost interest in posting about anything at that point. So yeah, it was, it was a good 800 plus days, which saying it that way more, it sounds a lot more than two years when I do it that way. Yeah, true. <laughs> now, I always th- I always say to myself, God, what I would, wouldn't do with a sabbatical. I mean, I'm a, I'm a working man, but what I wouldn't do with a sabbatical, what yeah. I wouldn't do with like even a month off in the summertime yeah. to go, I was uh, just following you on Insta. I was like, Oh, look, she's back in Italy or she's in <laughs> yeah. Ireland or she's, I mean, what did, did, uh. you, did you get the most out of all that? I, yeah, I would have. I, the plan was I was going to continue to do that. Like I was, you know, and it came back and a month later, it was sort of that all the choices were taken away from all of us. But it was the plan was to just travel until I had to go back to work or, or until basically what I was waiting on is I either run out of money or that thing inside of you goes, click, I have to go back to work now, which truth be told, it eh, didn't really ever happen. <laughs> I sort of yeah, still like, yeah. I, guess I need to work because you do need to get up to have something to do in the morning. And, and I, that finally did hit me. But um, the traveling thing would have gone on until who knows? I mean, I, I, the dream's always been to buy a bed and breakfast in the UK somewhere, you know, very original dream, I know. <laughs> but it's just to just disappear and sort of become a, a villager. Yeah, and I couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> so I did definitely going back. And there's so many, like I, that what I love about you, Mace, is that you work so hard, but then you like, you play like you travel and you make yes. a point to go to places, And so that's, that's sort of what the whole new thing is and what it will be now moving forward is to start going to places I haven't been and sort of embrace that. And I just haven't done it yet. It's just sort of slowly getting back to flying for me. I haven't done any of that. It's weird. So, so is there anything you took on uh, in those two years? Uh, oh, a new hobby or let's see. I learned learn something, learned how to knit, made a blanket and half of a sweater. Mm. So the thing about me is I am, 180 miles per hour at the beginning of everything I do, right? It's like, my God, I can't believe I didn't know about... And then I fizzle out really fast. So the the game for me is to see how long I can keep the interest going. Knitting lasted a while. And then, of course, I bought 7,000 things of yarn and ended up giving most of that away. Um, <laughs> uh, baking, my gardening took off more than it already had been. I became super into that. I was even like entertaining the idea of like, should I take the LSAT and see if I could even get into law school? I mean, what am wow. I doing? 
I know. I feel like we, but then you started to feel pressure because you'd see people on, on social media, which is always healthy. Um, I just finished my third book during lockdown. And you're like, well, now I'm just going to go the opposite way and just watch TV. So then yeah. I started rewatching series from like the nineties <laughs> from beginning to end. It was like, what do I do with all of this information I have in my brain right now? And then it just, I embraced it. I was around family and friends and I just kind of lived. Like I didn't have to think it was the best part about it was not that I learned anything or whatever. It's just, I learned to not give a damn about so much of the stuff that had bothered me for years before that. Like the things that we put so much importance on in this world that we we've chosen for ourselves, like other people's opinions and social media obviously has done that for us. Like that's where we get everything. I just, it to not even care or to want to it was beautiful. Like it, it's a, it was a cleanse. Like that's the part of the quote sabbatical that I truly think was the healthiest for me. So why a podcast? It's the, well, I'm wearing pajama pants right now. Like yeah, exactly. it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. Um, I think it was, you know, I, I, a, like my best friend probably got sick of me ranting about things that she's like, don't even know who, who that is. You know, unless it was about like 90 day fiance, she didn't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just like, all right. Um, and it was, it was like pitched to me as the opportunity to sort of hang out with my friends and talk about what we want to talk about um, and then be associated with The Athletic, which is obviously something that is, uh, it's got its own reputation. And I felt, well, I'm kind of honored that you, there are actual journalists that work there. Thank you. And so, yeah, it was, it's a, it's a no brainer. It's a, I mean, you guys know it's such a free, it's the next best thing or better thing really to radio. Like the freedom is there. You sort of are your own boss in a sense. You kind of pick what you want to, whereas TV, it's like, you got it in and out. This is the rundown. This is what we have to do. Yeah. Don't even try to stray. We don't have time. And, and I love this. It's a great way to sort of ease back into the workforce. <laughs> or even, towards it's, stay. Even, it's even better than radio. I mean, Steve and I did morning radio and I, I actually did stand up comedy for like God, 30 I years. That. Oh. So for me, doing something like this is the next best thing to do in stand up because I'm my own boss. I say whatever I want to say. No one <laughs> sa- no one says. Well, you I can't thought talk I was you- technically. Oh. Am I not technically your boss? <laughs> <laughs> like who's the boss actually well uh, sue's uh, the boss sue yeah. runs it sue runs the operation i, I figured as much <laughs> yeah but it is that liberating thing of being creative without somebody somebody dictating how you're being creative yeah like it's it's and look I, and they sort of allowed me to kind of go find the team and so i went back to this guy gabe goodwin who was one of the original original sports nation like we all sort of made that thing together. Um, so that was a no brainer. And he's brought in a few people and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, I wish TV was like that sometimes. And it is, if you are at the top of the food chain, obviously you put together yeah. what you want, do what you want, but <laughs> most of us aren't there. And so we kind of did what we were told. And that was the, that was the project. This is great. You know, I kind of watch people doing it all and it's, it's anyone can do one. It's, I know it's just a, a field of a billion, but it's, some are just so much better than others. And I think that's what I sort of aspire to want to be like, must listen podcasting. It's a cool thing. So you have been around because you did uh, Access Hollywood, you did the <laughs> Olympics, you've done all this stuff. Uh, and of course, uh, sports. Um, who is the biggest uh, of all the celebrities and athletes and all that stuff? Who's the biggest douche? Uh, Sofia Vergara sucked. Get out of here. Yeah, it was such a bummer too. A three, three separate times we had to do stuff with her. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe first, you know, you give everybody excuses. Like could have been a bad day. Maybe you just broke up. I don't know. Three separate times. Always just such a bummer. Such a bummer. Um, You know, and it's sort of, it is a funny world, right? Like we will then carry that with us for the rest of our lives. Forever. Forever. Like that person will pop up and everyone in the room. I'm like, ass. 
<laughs> like, yeah. they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, and then you start to say the story out loud. And you're like, well, maybe that's not that big a deal, but it was to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Just not a, not an easy person to deal with. Made people wait. Just the whole. I cliche. love the fact that there was not even an instant of hesitation. <laughs> not even it's like weird. it was so Sophia Vergara. And like, I hadn't even thought about that in a while, but I, for some reason that was the one that was always bad. Like a lot of people make you wait in that world. Don't get me wrong. That's, yeah. that's apparently a hobby, but um, that one was, that was not good. I think we all have ours. Like Steve, if you asked me, yeah. who yes me, who's, who's the worst who's, person? Who's the, who's the worst? Ellen. Ellen. Oh, yeah. that's, psh, I buy that. <laughs> night, night, yeah. night, nightmare alley. Yes. But see how long it took for that to come out. And when it did, oh. I, people in my family, broke. I, they, I forbid, I forbid them to watch anything that she did. <laughs> See, that's what happens. Wow. Steve, what about you? Do you have uh, somebody? For me, it is uh, Chevy Chase. Who <gasps> I, and I know I he see. just oh. he just came out and talked about how he's an ass and, and he <laughs> is okay with that. And I'm happy with who I am. I was not happy with who he was. I thought he was a total pain in the ass. When was this? Just Where a surly is- person. Uh, this would have been when I was doing the Tom Snyder show for CBS and, uh, uh, he came in. Actually, there were two. There's William Shatner, too. But, oh, uh, don't get me. That was my neighbor for two years. Was it really? That dude sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's the meanest dude, man. Like, was mean. he a horrible neighbor? I mean, horrible is- neighbor. He was mad at me because I bought the house that was in front of him and he had like the view of it was Studio City, like the hills. By the way, I wasn't blocking his view. Like, he was elevated. That's how it works, hills and whatnot. Yeah. And so I remember. When I bought the place, the realtor was like, yeah, William Shatner lives right there. And he's he's really mad that they put a house here. Yada, yada. I was like, oh, great. Good start. And sure enough, like we would be from, you know, my mailbox to the middle of the and it's tiny. Those streets up there are so tiny. He would just glare at me. He wouldn't even say like, hi, I wouldn't even get like a head nod. I get nothing. And I'm thinking, bro. All I have to do is put your address on the internet and these Trek nerds are all going to start coming up here and I'm yeah. going to make your life miserable. Why are you being mean for no reason? I never did, although I, I, mean, I could have. But yeah, not a nice person. So yeah, yeah I, the Shatner one, I concur. But, and Chevy, but Chevy Chase, Chase stormed out on me during one interview. I was like, oh, dude. And he what? left me with like 20 minutes uh, left to sort oh. of solo. And I was like, oh. no, you were going to be that 20 minutes. And he stormed out said something ranting and raving about Stephen Bochco and stormed <laughs> out. I was like, it was the most random. What? Why Stephen Bochco? And he said, Steve, because the name rock fame? Like, yeah, a pop rock yes. fame. Exactly. Uh, and stormed out, said he makes nothing but crap and left the studio. He's like, oh, now I got to I got to kill 20 minutes. God, that, you know what? Of all the names we've mentioned, that's the one that bums me out the most because his projects are the ones I love by far. Yes. And yes. he notoriously was was really a douche because I have a friend who used to book his talk show. He had a short lived talk show. I think it only ran for like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a month or two. Imagine. And his, th- you know, he never hosted and um, he, he never, never wanted- even practiced. He never practiced. That was it. He never wanted to practice. So then when they not. did the show, he was so inept at interviewing people. And his thought was like, well, you know, what, what is it? You just sit in a chair and you talk to people and it's like, no, it's a craft. Also, you're not a people person. And that's kind of a little, like you could be an ass people person and that works too. Like Letterman was a, like a, like a recluse people person and it worked, but you can't just be an ass. Like that's, that's, there's a wall then there's just no, there's no talking. (laughs) So Uh, all three of us have something. We are all crazy dog people. 
Yes. Crazy dog people. Yeah. Now you, uh, you mentioned, uh, Leroy, Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Who I, I had, I had met now, how many, <laughs> how many dogs do you have? Cause I, you've had multiple dogs, right? Yeah, I do. I, so I had, four, well, I have the four when I was in LA and it was the two pugs and then the two mixes, the two mixes stayed in LA. My brother and his girlfriend basically adopted them. So they're now their parents and they are living their best lives. Um, and now I have two pugs here. I have Winnie who I was just last night trying to figure out, like she has to be 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. I'm going to find her papers today. And then Poog, who I adopted right when the day before LA locked down completely, I adopted mm. him and he's probably 12 and I'm at 40,000, I think, or 38,000 plus on vet bills in less than yeah, two years sure, <laughs> sure. because he has all the problems. And yet I can't imagine spending money on a better thing. I mean, it's, I've aged 20 years as a result. Like it's just, there's always something, but it's funny. Cause when I think about it, I wouldn't do anything else. Like it's, that's it. It's, it's unbelievable to me. The love I have from, from my dog, the, the dog I have now, I, I have, have? To, I, he's, um, it's weird. I don't know. They call him a deer head chihuahua. He, he looks like a, he looks like a little Fox. He doesn't have that like round, like apple face. He has a longer Cute. snout and bigger ears, but it's like, I, it's like, I love him so much. I can't like, all I want to do is be with him. And <laughs> I, I swear to God, there are times where I'm walking towards him because I annoy him so much. And I actually think he's faking. He's sleeping. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like, not again. This one. <laughs> here she comes. But it's insane. Like, well, also when Steve and I had our radio show, I had a dog. I found a dog that that got lost or whatever. Oh. But we, we actually threw out to our listeners if your dog got sick, how is there a limit on how much you would spend on a dog? And I think we threw at, at uh, randomly. It was like $10,000 or something like oh. that. Some people thought we were completely insane. Oh, of course. And I said, 10000 may be the low end. <laughs> right? That's like, because, and I get it. I get it's all relative. And look, I ended up with Poog because someone relinquished him because, the you know, they get to a certain age. All the, all the breathing ones are... Stuff. And so it becomes thousands and thousands. And they're also by that point too old to insure. So now you're just sort of on your own on that. And I'm lucky enough that like, I never wanted kids. These are, this is where my college funds would have gone. And so I sort of feel like, Hey, if these are what the college funds are, I'm actually on the low end of the college fund so far. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It's working out. It's working out fine. Well, and I, you're talking, right. I'll pay anything. We've, we've been talking a lot about here because uh, Sophie, oh, uh, no. who is our beagle is 16. God, that's so good. And, and, you know, so we, we say she's in bonus time, right? (laughs) 16 beagles generally 10 to 12. She's at 16, but I, you know, I look at the bills and I'm like, she's taking $2,000 a month in meds. I think my mom is taking less in meds. She's 80. I mean, she, she's on hydrocodone. She's on Prozac. She's got got a little inhaler. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's the craziest, but there is no, there is no limit. If you have it, then that's kind of what we work for, right? Yeah. She, she needs to be in assisted living. I, I mean, 16 <laughs> is, you're right though. It's 10 pills a day. Like it's, it's, a, it's a job. And when people are like, oh, just, why don't you just get up and go on a trip? I'm like, look, one day when I don't have dogs anymore, then I'm going to go wherever I want all the time. Yes. But because they're not regular dogs, I can't just ask a friend to watch them because there's so much 
involved medicine and what to look for in case you need to go to the hospital. I can't just leave that to someone. So you're just sort of like, it's a full-time job. It is what it is. Yeah. I've been like, okay, we're going to go to Greece in July. And and, uh, Juan is like, no, because my little girl is going to turn 16 on July the 4th and we're not going anywhere. So Juan's the best. They come first. (laughs) They come first. They only have so long, you know, we think we'll have forever. So that's kind of where we are. I don't like when people ask me while my dog's alive, are you going to get another dog? Oh, no. (laughs) No, because he's old. He's 15. I would never ask you that. No, I know. But it's like asking someone who has kids. It's like, you're going to have another kid? (laughs) Right? Or like their kid is sick. And you're like, so you're going to get get another kid. (laughs) Replacement time? Or what are we doing? (laughs) That's awful. I would. My I had a friend. That when her dog got to be, I think, 15, if someone even asked how old George was, she'd be like, we don't talk about that and go completely yeah. cold. I was like, oh, God. OK. Yeah. And I get it. I get it because you don't want to think about it. It's totally so, fine. Do you still you speak fluent Italian, right? Like enough to get by. But I understand it much better than I. I mean, I speak better than Lady Gaga. If that's what you're asking me. <laughs> Like if that, whatever that whatever that thing was. By the way, can I just say something? Because I know you guys like. When you say they were snubbed, I don't think they know what snubbed means, House of Gucci. You're snubbed if it was great and no one gave you anything. Right. Okay. So let's not do that again. Yeah. No, it <laughs> was. I, yeah. Awful. I thought for me that movie and I, you know what I hate? I hate the actory stuff. Like, <sighs> um, you know, she lived in character for six months. She only How spoke obnoxious. with that accent. For She had a, a, a psychiatrist that she talked to because it was so difficult to live in that role on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, no, there's like a famous thing where Lawrence Olivier said to Dustin Hoffman one time, he said, you know, it's just acting, my dear boy. It's like, it's just <gasps> acting Lady Gaga. Yes. Not have to. And not even good. This character. Yeah. And not even, even good. good. Like you should have had one Fred that said, you sound Russian. Nothing <laughs> yes. about this sounds Italian. My mother's Italian. That accent is not even, there wasn't even one remote moment where I went, Maybe not yeah. one. Like, yeah. <laughs> so bad. Anyway, sorry about that. Yes, what I is, get into, I get by. So say, say Italian is like such a beautiful flowing, like it's such a beautiful language. Yeah. Say oh, something gosh. Italian just for us. My cacazzo voi. And what like, is I that? I was going to do slang. Uh, what the hell do you want? What the hell? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet of you. Yeah, I'm always going to do the driving words. <laughs> yeah, that was not the fluent, you know. Okay, so um, I, uh, io sono nata da Roma, ma un capisco tutto l'italiano. Oh, oh that sounds that's, There you go. There's, there's a little bit. My mom would be so embarrassed right now. She'd be like, that's not even. I'm like, it's mom, it's right. Shut up. You just don't want to give me credit for actually learning something. <laughs> now, what, what did that mean? That means I was born in Rome or in Italy, but I only understand a little bit of Italian. Okay, now you are um, like I, I, I just I think you're the best. I mean, oh. you know, I, I watched, I watched, I, I listened to your podcast, and and I'm, I, I kind of like catching up with a lot of stuff with you. So I read some stuff. Oh, it's God. called um, Michelle Beadle Fun Facts. Oh God! <laughs> okay, here we go. But, but there's a great story. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of seeing maybe where um, your fire came from because they, they oh. and tell me if this is true because mm-hmm. it says that your mom. Um, in the seventies, she was referred to as a super hippie—not just a hippie, a super hippie. Yep. And it said that she was once handcuffed her. She once handcuffed herself 
to the American embassy in Rome during a protest. Yeah, that's True? that was. Yeah, that's my mom. And then met my dad, which which is funny because as she's gotten older. She's become like. I, like, I guess a lot of old parents do. They go way right. And it's I mean, I've had discussions with her. I've explained to her that like this version of you had she raised me, I wouldn't be me. And so it's sometimes very jarring for me to kind of to, to put them together. But yeah, I met my dad. My dad was in the Navy, um, super conservative, like still. And they never spoke each other's languages. And yeah, she was like a raging hippie. She just was hitchhiking all over Europe with her friends. And, you know, they, they had no home. They were basically kicked out of their homes pretty early age, like crappy families. And so that was her life. And she, and I mean, up until like when my dad was an executive was still working, they'd go to like rich people's houses for dinner parties and stuff. And I remember one time this man had a a huge collection of native American artifacts and my mom was standing there looking at him and he came over very sort of proudly. Like, what do you think? And she she has a heavy accent. So most of the time people don't even know what she's saying, but she said to him, my dad was mortified. She goes, Oh, it'd be much better if you gave it back to the people it belonged to. And so my dad's like, (laughs) (laughs) and again, and that's not that far removed from now, but yet it seems like a three people ago for my mom. And it's just like, Super hippie, super like never filtered, um, was able to hide behind an accent because I think she would have got her ass handed to her way more times if people knew what she was saying every single time. But yeah, that's definitely I definitely get it from her because my dad's a little more of the choose your battles wisely camp. Mm, mm. <laughs> Give us one more fun fact about Michelle Beadle from the Internet, because these these oh, could gosh. or could not might not. That's be true. That's God only knows. Well, it's. I didn't know this, but you were in Sharknado 3. <laughs> yeah, begged for that nice. role. I begged for that role. And, and oh, you, yeah. played, you played Agent Argyle. And I wanted to know, do you remember any of your lines? Like, what did Agent Argyle have to say? I had one line because uh, it was supposed to be Ian Zeering. I think I was driving like the president and somebody around. And it was one line about like, get down, I'll get you there or something like that. I didn't die. And at the time, it was when I was working with um, Marcellus Wiley and Max Kellerman and they both died. They had roles too. And so the thing was like, oh, I'm alive for all the sequels, but no one ever called me back. <laughs> I was so ready to keep going. Those things are amazing. But yeah, that was my one my one big acting moment in a movie. <laughs> you know, I actually killed it in, and it's true, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus, <laughs> which I I go back and I look at that now because it lives on YouTube, and it was me oh. and Jaleel White, and I oh. thought I just took him to acting school. That's I thought he, I was so method, I stayed in character for like <laughs> six months leading up to the role. I mean... I, yeah, it was. Isn't such- it funny? Like you get to, we get to say one line in something, and it stays with us. Like, imagine if we were re- like, it's just. I don't think it's a, I got to do one line on a Law and Order once because that's like one of my favorite shows of all time, and it was literally like, oh, so you think rape is funny? That was my line. It's lived with me ever since. I'll never oh, forget wow. that line. Wow. Yeah, it's a line. It's an Emmy award winning line. So yes. So what? Uh, what are you watching? Right, I know I follow on your oh, podcast. Gosh. I know you started Yellowstone, right? Are yep, you in, finished are, it? Is you finished I, Yellowstone? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm through four, so I'm now I wait with everyone else. That's the whole hard part about being late to things. Now you wait with everybody. And I hear Beth is just a nightmare. I some people say nightmare. I say the holy grail of heroes. It's oh, really nice. there's a fine line. <laughs> no, she is a flawed. <laughs> tough tough broad i it's like you want to hate her but then she does things and you're just like she's my hero it's a beautiful it's just beautiful you know we all want to just disappear in montana or somewhere like that and never never be heard from again but then you they give you this idea that like it's the wild wild west i mean they're like shooting people for being and you're like that's what so yeah yellowstone was good 
uh, been watching. I tried, finally watched a movie last night. I watched Old Henry, which I loved. Oh, it's a really oh, good movie. Yeah, Tim right? Blake Nelson. Yeah, yeah, I loved. I loved it. Um, the show that all of us are dead. Like the, there, it's so much to watch. You guys know it's it's overwhelming because just when you think you finish something, there's six more things that you're like, oh, now I got to watch that as if it's our jobs. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I have to watch. I this. have yeah. to watch this. But it's we're in, we're living in a spoiled time for entertainment. It's too good. Anything else? Um, what did I watch? Well, I also have been watching some trash like Love is Blind. My oh, God. yeah. I've heard My. people talk. I, yeah. Some, you got to mix it. You got to mix the fun, the good with the just garbage. Have you watched Inventing Anna on Netflix? I did. I, yeah. Uh, I, it's the, and like Tinder, Tinder Swindler. Like those Tinder shows Swindler, were, yeah. But who? Okay. Who's getting duped this hard all the time? It's amazing. Like, like if anybody asks me for anything, I immediately get like, what? What do you need? If I'm not your my, like my closest friend hasn't even asked me. And if she did, I'd know it was an emergency. But like some randos, like I need sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> but it, it's not just being duped, it's being treated so disrespectfully and horribly. Like somebody like how do you hang out with somebody who tells you that you're ugly and you don't dress right, your shoes are horrible. You're and, so and, basic. Are you you're so, so basic? basic. I mean, she was so nasty. So mean. That's what I'm watching this. And I actually wanted to reach into the television and strangle her because she was such she's so despicable. She really is. She really. And it's like the other thing, too, is we've all checked into hotels, bad hotels, nice hotels, yep. middle of the road hotels. You can't just stay there for days without a credit card. Like they don't just say, well, we'll get it later. That's just not a thing. Or they wait till there's forty thousand dollars of charges racked up. And then they're like, nah, we're going to need that credit card. Well, and, no. and, yeah, and who chase and who chases after you? Who no. chases after you in a hotel? Yeah, uh, excuse me, um, oh, it's no. been three days, and and we still need a credit card. <laughs> right? I like, I love it though, but I love yeah. it. I love the show. I love the idea of the show. It's I love the beautiful travel that everyone got to go do. I'm like, oh well, yeah, that part's good, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah that is, was, Did you watch Tinder Swindler? Like the same? I did. I just watched Tinder Swindler again. Who? It, I feel who bad, but see, there I feel bad for this. I I understand they did. Because of the need to not want to be alone, right? But, right. And it's yeah. it was love. I mean, they were being manipulated with love, which if Different you think dynamic. you're in love, it's probably more likely that you give somebody money. But so, you're not in love. You, they saw this guy like once, maybe yeah. twice. Like that's the thing. And then you're right in the sense of, there's that part of me that just goes, you know, there's a different sort of work here. Like the other one's weird friendship and wanting to go fabulous places. And that's like a really sort of vanity thing. And you're right. When it's women that are just, they don't want to be alone. And the idea of love is so grandiose and, and desired that they're willing to just almost be stupid about it. But like, that's another one. Like, oh, the bad guys are chasing me. I need a hundred grand. What? My enemies. What bad. My, en my <laughs> enemies. If somebody said to me, my enemy, I'd be like, stop. Just we. My know. enemies want me dead. Well, <laughs> you, don't, guess... you don't have enemies. <laughs> I know. What is this? Batman? Thank you. Um, what are we? So, so is this, this I don't know the show. So is this, oh. a, is this a reality show or is this no, a scripted it's show? Real, it's a documentary. Yeah. It's a documentary. It's real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy, you gotta watch trouble. this. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's a quick watch. Um, and it's infuriating in, in sort of same, but different ways than inventing Anna, especially because then you find out after the fact, cause now this guy's ever like, he's out going to make money again. And people, yeah, are he had it. eight women believing that he was in love with them yeah. at the same time. He it was crazy. like $10 million from yeah. these people. Mil 10 crazy. million. 
Steve, do you remember when we were living in New York? Because you talk about people who don't want to be alone. Yes. It was this this fad that was going on in Manhattan. I don't know if it went anywhere else where people would have these cuddle parties. Did you ever hear that? Oh, my God. That? I remember hearing about this. Where strange people Ugh. would go over to someone's apartment and they'd lie on a bed and <laughs> cuddle. <laughs> I mean, with with people you didn't Creepy. know. And then and then they That's actually sad. they actually said this. It was um, like if a guy cut like spooned a woman and he got a heart on, he had to go into a corner. You know, it was like hockey, you know, like high sticking. Oh, my you're like a penalty box for a minute, sir. Put that away. <laughs> Nobody wants that here. You know what? The best thing about lockdown was we don't have to hug anymore. That's the greatest thing True. that came out of COVID. And then people were paying strangers to hug. I just. Oh, yeah. Although, yeah. you know, the, the truth is last night went to dinner with uh, Juan and his stepmom and uh, we hugged right away. I've oh, always said I wouldn't no. I wouldn't shake hands. I wouldn't hug anymore. I was that first thing I did. It's like an instinct. I, you're I, right. I, you're yeah, right, though. Hugging has happened. I've, I have not seen the handshaking yet. Maybe that's like more because it's I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I don't want to hug. I never wanted to hug. I don't want to hug people I don't know. It's just I'm a bad hugger. I'm very like awkward about it. So I'm even awkward with like loved ones because I do that thing where your bottom half like separates and you're <laughs> you're not really committed to the hug. I, I'm very aware of how bad I am at hugging. It's become like a complex. So yeah, I, I just I, I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, well, well uh, listen, I, I'm a huge fan of the show. I I have a lot of fun. I I love being on it. Thank uh, you very I'd much I'd for loved. inviting me. Well, you're my biggest Rams person I know. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Part of the Ramley. The Ramley. Uh, and uh, I, I love that you uh, came on and did this. Come to L.A. Come hang out in L.A. I will. I, at the very least, I'll be there in August for stadium tour because <sighs> Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison. Try to keep oh, me away. Oh, nice. Try yeah, to keep show. me away. Big show. <laughs> big show. All right. Hey, listen, uh, Beach. thank you so much. Blast having you on. Oh, I'm so glad you guys. And finally, I got to meet you. I'm very. This is awesome. Thanks, yeah, guys. yeah, for me too. <laughs> I love Michelle. You know, it's funny when she she's been to my house uh, for parties, and Juan likes to say that even in a crowd, she has a glow about her where it's like, oh no, she had to be a star. She was going to be a star all along because she's got that, whatever that yeah, thing is. Totally, and you know, I've I've seen her at one or two of your parties, but I I never got to meet her. So, you know, I've, you know, just kind of, I've been a fan from afar and, um, but she's one of those people that I've always said, I want to meet her. Like, I want to hang out with her. Yeah. She's fun to hang out with. She's fun to hang out with. I can't believe you didn't know what fireball was. Yeah. I I didn't know because I don't kind of drink that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. God, I drank a lot of fireball when I was at Bowling Green State University. Very spicy. Yeah. And by the way, that night. She pursued me with a bottle of fireball. <laughs> I was like, every time she came around the corner, I was like, oh, no, no, not here, not here, not here. She's the best. She's the best. Uh, well, listen, Sue, this has been fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Culture Pop Podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe, rate, and review. That's always important to us. We will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. <laughs>